Inside Sources. Inside Sources. America's voice of reason. Boyd Matheson on Utah's home for elevated conversation. Inside Sources on KSL News Radio. Well, thousands of protesters have taken to the streets in Israel to oppose the new government's proposed judicial reforms. Israel, of course, is known as being one of the only democracies in the Middle East. But could these reforms change all that? And how might that impact U.S.-Israeli relations moving forward? We, we took a deep dive on this yesterday, looking at uh, some of these reforms and really thrilled to have joining us back on the program today, uh, Maya Jaradat, who, of course, writes for Deseret Magazine, uh, also is the author of The Unchosen uh, she has a great piece in Politico magazine today talking about how Israelis fear their democracy is crumbling and that the U.S. isn't coming to help. And uh, Maya, welcome back to the show. Hi, boy. Thanks for having me. So we have been covering uh, some of the changes that have been proposed. But uh, for our listeners who are just kind of catching up on this, because uh, it hasn't been front and center in a lot of the news coverage across the country, uh, describe what is happening in terms of these proposed changes uh, to the kind of the checks and balances within the democracy in Israel. Yeah. So the, the new government under Netanyahu wants to push through judicial reforms that will um, basically render, you know, the high court of Israel uh, toothless. Um, there is also an intention to defund or pull the plug on the public broadcasting network named Khan. Um, and Israelis feel very alarmed about both of these measures. I mean, because to, to many, to many Israelis, it looks like steps towards you know, kind of dictatorship, you know, that there will be no free media, um, that, you know, that the, the judicial system will, will not be able to police other, you know, parts of the government as, as you will. So um, there's a lot of alarm about these measures. Yeah, and I think it's uh, so interesting. Uh, I know that uh, part of that reform would, would enable uh, the Knesset, uh, the parliament, to, to overturn rulings by the judiciary, uh, which has to be alarming to everybody. Uh, and then you also have just this very fascinating uh, alliance between uh, Prime Minister Netanyahu uh, and all of these factions. And, and that's when I think that's hard for Americans to understand. We're used to this two-party thing. Uh, in Israel, you've got many, many parties, uh, and you have to get a coalition governing uh, body to actually be in charge. And, and so describe kind of how that's playing out. Uh, and then some of the things that you did in, in your reporting, in your political magazine piece in terms of what's what is the conversation in the streets uh, for the Israeli people? Yeah, I, I do want to say one thing about the Knesset and the judicial reforms. Um, you know, there there is a lot of alarm about, about what's happening, and rightfully so. But I also think that we need to think a little bit about the, the bigger picture here. Um, I wrote an article over 10 years ago mm. about numerous high court rulings that the Israeli government was ignoring. Um, you know, and, and this is a, a longstanding issue with the Israeli government that it disregards the rulings of its own high court. Mm. And in fact, in the past, you know, there have been critics who have called um, the high court a, a fig leaf, you know, um, because it, it kind of gives Israel the um, impression of being a democracy with a system of checks and balances. But already that system of checks and balances wasn't functioning entirely as it should, if that makes sense. Yeah. Now, as far as building a coalition, um, you know, Netanyahu has to kind of keep 
I, I don't want to let him off the hook and, and say, like, he's this amazing guy who, you know, <laughs> cares deeply about democracy. But at the same time, he also has to, you know, work with the members of his coalition right. and, and keep them happy. So, um, you know, this this is a, a, a difficult thing. And, and that's why we've seen, you know, um, Israelis go to elections so many times in the in the past few years because um, these these coalitions are not working out. Yeah. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Uh, and, and so uh, as you get to the, the people level and then looking kind of more broadly, you know, how this is impacting foreign investment in the country, uh, the relationship with the U.S., uh, what are some of the things that you're sensing and seeing there? Yeah, so there's there's a lot of concern that um, it, this will make a big impact on Israel economically as, as you know, foreign countries kind of pull away um, from from partnerships, you know, um, that involve investing in Israel. Um, there's also concern that, you know, um, if Israel loses the support of the U.S., that it'll be kind of left to its own devices um, from a security standpoint. And so um, if, you know, Israel continues on this path and and the, the alliance um, with the United States, comes into question, um, you know, there's alarm that that Israel could be vulnerable um, in a way that it has not been in the past. So, but, you know, when you're on the street with protesters, um, their their biggest concern is is not so much the relationship with the U.S., but, you know, what's happening with their own country internally. But then if you start to kind of dig around a bit, I mean, yeah, there's concern about the relationship with the U.S., but but it comes from a place of, like, why won't the U.S. step and help us? Why won't the U.S. intervene? You know, there's a feeling that um, Israel, you know, answers to the U.S., and I think that's accurate in many ways, and that, you know, the, the U.S. has the ability to hold Israel accountable for what's happening and to kind of demand for things to take um, a different path. Yeah, and uh, that's been one that we've been trying to to get a good sense on in terms of, you know, will President Biden uh, really send the message uh, to uh, Prime Minister Netanyahu and say, look, this this stuff isn't going to fly or this is going to impact uh, where we are in, in our alliance and relationship with you? Uh, anything that you're hearing in terms of that relationship with the U.S. and anything that the U.S. is doing to put some pressure to say, hey, let's let's be very careful where we're treading. Yeah, I mean, so I spoke with Aaron David Miller, who, you know, knows way more about this stuff than I do. And um, he doesn't think that there's there's 
the U.S. is going to really put a lot of pressure on Israel, at least not publicly. Um, you know, so so if Israelis are you know looking to the U.S. to help, I mean, they're they're looking in a misguided way. It's it's probably not going to happen. Um, so I mean, we also have to think a little bit about you know American interests in the Middle East. I mean, who else would they you know ally themselves with or ally ourselves with there besides Israel? Um, you know, Lebanon. <laughs> is in shambles, um, for example, and is also home to Hezbollah. You know, um, Egypt, we give loads of money to Egypt already, but um, I don't think that we're just going to jump ship on our, you know, long-standing special relationship with Israel and throw our lot in with, say, you know, Egypt or Lebanon. Um, so I, I, it seems like it's, you know, kind of a, a partnership that that's cemented in many ways. Um, and I think that, you know, some of my some of my interviewees expressed concern that, that this could actually be damaging to Israel, mm. that this unconditional support, you know, is then enabling Israel to do things that endanger its own future. Yeah, so important. Uh, great insight. Such a complicated area of the world. And these alliances and allies are, are so important to the United States. And these relationships matter. Maya Jared, of course, uh, just always uh, great to have you on the show. Great piece in Politico magazine. And uh, we look forward to having you back again soon. Thanks for having me, Boyd. Have a good day. All right. Again, complicated stuff in that part of the world, important part of the world. And we got to get those relationships right for freedom to continue to flourish. We'll be right back.